It's Thursday, October 22nd. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, the real reason crystals are open 24 hours, J.P. Shatrick. A proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday. Week 7, the Jags are headed to Los Angeles to face the Chargers. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman coming up. We've got a busy show today, a Jags-Chargers preview. The Jags head to SoFi Stadium for the first time. The offense against the Chargers defense led by Gus Bradley. What can Gardner Minshew do to get jump-started and get this group going consistently? The defense facing Justin Herbert, one of the top quarterbacks in the draft this year. He is on the field now for L.A. And the Doug Marone Show starting at 5 o'clock. An hour from now, the head coach will join us from his office. Uh, Jeff Lagerman, good afternoon. Five-game skid. They've got to break this streak somehow this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, and the Chargers are saying the same thing, JP. You know, they've had uh, a lot of positive <laughs> thoughts and a lot of positive reinforcement over the last four weeks with a young quarterback at the helm, and they're feeling pretty good about where they are as a franchise just because of the play of the quarterback, but yet they've lost four in a row. So they're looking at the Jaguars as an opportunity to get off the skid and get on the winning side. Let's hear from the Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew. It can be frustrating when things aren't going well. Certainly they have not been on the defensive side. We'll get to that coming up. The offense has sputtered over the last few weeks as well, but the quarterback Gardner Minshew is trying not to let the frustration change his focus or the offense's. You know, it's one of those things, you know, it's easy to get frustrated. Uh, you know, it's it's sometimes hard to find the bright side of things, but that's that's what we have to do. And I think that's what we are doing right now. Um, you know, I think we have everybody trying to pull together, trying to find solutions, had some great conversations already this week. Um, and, you know, just trying to find and getting back to that excitement that we were uh, playing with earlier in the year. Yeah, Logs, they had uh, some success early in this season, certainly in week one, and then the rally in Tennessee in week two. But since then, they've they've just kind of sputtered offensively as a whole. Uh, how do you jumpstart this offense? Well, we got to play better. I mean, you can talk about it all you want. You know, as Gardner Minshew said, they're having good conversations. But the reality is it comes down to performance and the performance of all the players. And Gardner Minshew himself is not playing very well. If you look at his performance in week one, an incredible performance, you know, completion percentage through the roof. Uh, but since that time, he, it's almost like he's regressed or gotten worse. I mean, that's, if you look at the numbers, and you certainly compare the numbers to this past week, to the first week, I mean, you would say, yeah. What, why is that? You know, so, uh, I mean, that's the only solution to this team trying to find a way to win is that better performances. And it's got to be better performances across the board from the coaching staff to the offensive line, to the quarterback, to the wide receivers, even though they say that they're open. Uh, you can always be more open. You can always do a little bit more, but within the realm of your job description. And, uh, and defensively, obviously, they can do well too the last few games have given up a ton of points, and you just can't do that. And I know that that's a league trend, but that's you, you don't sit there and go, okay, okay, well, that's just the way the league is. 
everybody's giving up a bunch of points and it's okay if we give up a bunch of points. You got to be better on defense as well, JP. I mean, it's all, it's an entire team effort. I mean, even, even all the way to special teams, you hope to get Josh Lambeau this week back so that maybe you call the game a little differently because in last week's game, the lack of success uh, in your kicking uh, certainly impacted the play call and then decision-making in the ball game where you decided to go for it on fourth down where if you were, you know, Josh Lambeau's on the sideline and he's warm, you, you're going, there's no way that we're going to go ahead and go for it on that fourth down situation. We're going to kick it. Well, that can lost JP there for a minute, you know, and and in the Detroit Lions game, one of the big reasons why I think that that the defense struggled was just the play of the defensive tackles and the interior of that defense. And, you know, you kind of combine that with an unhealthy Miles Jack. I mean, it just made it a tough day for the defense overall, you know, and, and this was a game that, uh, JP, we talked about before the game about how, hey, look, if, if, we, if the Jaguars can find a way to keep Matt Stafford's feet from being settled because he hasn't been very good, then they got a great chance of winning yeah. the ballgame. You know, the unfortunate side of things is, is they had no impact on Matt Stafford, but the positive is, is that Matt Stafford still didn't play very well. But what you allowed was the Detroit Lions to do what teams have been doing to them. And that's run the ball with extreme success. And it didn't seem to matter which running back was in there. I know AP wasn't as successful as the young man from Georgia was, but, uh, but the Jaguars got gashed. And, uh, and that's kind of a little uncharacteristic. The Jaguars had been pretty good against the run so far this year. Uh, but in that Detroit game, it was like, where did, where did the run defense go? I mean, it's just not very good. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that was an issue. And it's been an issue. Uh, certainly early in games for this defense. Uh, but, but bringing it back around to your point earlier about complementary football, it's a full team effort. Defense giving up points early, that means the offense has to play catch up, especially in the second half of games when they're down. Gardner Minshew logs leads the league in completions this year, and he's third in attempts. That is not a statistic you wanted if you're a Jaguars offensive coach this year. Gardner Minshew to lead the league in completions. That's not the way... Uh, this offense, at least uh, when it's gone well, has not performed well when, when he's throwing the ball around the yard. Well, look, I don't, I don't think there's – that's not a bad number if Gardner Minshew is leading the league in completion because, you know, part of, you know, looking at that is you've got to go, okay, well, what's the completion percentage? And so if he's got a high number of completions and the completion percentage is really good and the yards per attempt is really good and you're getting wins, what's wrong with that? nothing. But when you combine that the completions are high and that when, when the weight of the offense is on him, they're not able to perform and not able to play at a high level, then that's a concern. You know, if, if it's Patrick Mahomes and he's leading the league in completion, do you think we're worried about that? No, no. we're not worried about that because it's Patrick Mahomes, he's scoring, you know, and the reality is that Gardner Minshew's not scoring. Gardner Minshew is not playing very well right now. So uh, I think it's all kind of perspective, JP. And sometimes when you look at numbers, I mean, you can kind of 
spit out different numbers and say, okay, well, this is, you know, an example of why they aren't successful because Gardner Minshew is leading the, the league in completions or whatever. But I mean, that doesn't necessarily always tell the story. But the eye test tells you that Gardner Minshew is not playing at a good enough level. I thought that this past game against Detroit, I, th I think the coaching staff didn't have a great game. I thought that because Detroit was playing a lot of 46 and loading the box, stacking the box, you know, fortifying that run defense, you got to loosen them up a little bit. And you can't kind of keep sitting there trying to, you know, pound your head into that brick wall when that brick wall is just not given. And it's just adding bricks, you know. I mean, that's kind of what it was. And, but when they did decide to pass in Gardner Minshew wasn't able to beat it. And, uh, and that's a problem because if, if you're seeing run fortified fronts and you're not having success throwing the football against that, what are you going to do when all of a sudden they back off and play cover two and they're not playing a run fortified defense? You know, so uh, a lot of things that, that didn't go very well for the Jaguars in this past game. And, and I think there's a lot of people that probably wish they had a redo on that one. All right, Logs, this week the Los Angeles Chargers defense led by Gus Bradley, former Jaguars head coach, of course. Um, they've got a pass rush up front. The linebackers can run. What kind of defense have they played in L.A. this year? Uh, well, they've been banged up now uh, for the Chargers defense. You know, I was working on my game board earlier today, JP, and when you look at them from, a, from an injury standpoint, yes, Bosa is still out there. But Melvin Ingram has had a knee. He is on IR, and I think he's designated to return. But it, it doesn't sound like he's going to be able to play this week from some of the reports coming out of L.A. Also, Chris Harris, the former Denver Bronco cornerback who they signed in free agency, he is on injured reserve with a foot. Uh, you also have defensive tackle Justin Jones, who's been really good run stuff in defensive tackle that is not available for the Chargers. So. Uh, look, Gus Bradley and his defense, they they kind of had a little bit of an up-and-down start. And, you know, and that's not even to mention Derwin James is not available for them. And if you look in their last four games, three out of their last four games, they've given up over 400 yards a game. So uh, this Chargers defense is not – they're not great, okay, but it's a good mm -hmm. defense. And, and here's the reality. You should know this defense as they should know yours. And I think that's where the interesting chess match is going to be here in my opinion, because, you know, Todd Wash and Gus Bradley are running very similar type defenses. Now, when you get to third down, they have some different packages. But which, uh, which coach do you know better? You know, do the Jaguars know Gus better or do the, the Chargers, because of Gus Bradley teaching Todd Wash, do they know the Jaguars better? You know, and do they try to change things up a little bit for that element of surprise this week? I don't know, but I think it's kind of an interesting chess match, you know, within the game. A lot of it will depend, obviously, on what personnel is available for the Jaguars defense, and the Jaguars injury report has come out today. Avery Jones did not practice today. He was limited yesterday with an ankle issue. He missed last week's game. Of course, Miles Jack has not practiced yesterday or today, coming off his ankle issue. Uh, Gatsas had a scheduled day off today. Uh, on the offensive side, A.J. Can did not practice today with a foot and knee issue. Eifert did not practice. Jared Wilson has not practiced this week on the defensive side. So to the defensive point there, uh, if Avery's not around, Miles Jack's not around, That's uh, those are two big keys to this defense, Logs. Well, I mean, uh, three. 
uh, Avery, Miles, Jack, and and let's not forget about Jared Wilson. You know, and correct. And all three of them obviously are not trending in the right direction. You know, because Avery goes from limited to out, and then Miles was out and out, and then you have what may be a re-injury of a hamstring, which now all of a sudden you're talking about a much longer recovery because maybe it was an existing, and I'm guessing here, I'm not a doctor, I just play one on TV, but uh, you know that's going to be a, a, a tough loss if you don't have those three guys available. Now you do get maybe Josh Allen back this week. Uh, he seems to be uh, trending in the right direction, but you know when Josh and Kayvon Chazon were out there together on, on, a, on each, at each side, you know it wasn't like they were just kicking butt and taking names out there anyway. You know, th- those are two guys that, that got to get better too for their football team. All right, Logs, we'll uh, come back in just a moment and get into this defense a little bit more. Josh Allen limited the first couple of days this week. What could he bring to this defensive unit this week? Uh, Jabal Sheard is no longer on the team. He's with the New York Giants. We'll get to that and hear from head coach Doug Marone coming up. Justin Herbert, the matchup this week, the quarterback for the Chargers. And it's time to get in the game. Make your voice heard by exercising your right to vote. Early voting underway. You can visit an early voting precinct and vote in person. And if you want to vote by mail in Florida, you can request a ballot by mail until October 24th, a couple days away. The choice is yours, Duval. Visit jaguars.com vote for more information. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly, you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Oi. Bonjour. Xin chào. Dobry deň. Ki financiat kon? Como te podemos ayudar? If you have an accident, the last thing you should have to worry about is a language barrier. That's why at Fair and Farah, we have a team as diverse as our clients. So no matter what language you speak, we'll fight for your voice. Farah and Farah, here for you. Nahna hon lalkel. Ici pour vous. Aquí para todos. Here for all. Jackson. I'm Jacksonville Jaguars General Manager Dave Caldwell. Did you know you can ride your bike to every Jaguars home game at TIAA Bank Field and valet it for free? Stop by our bicycle check-in tent sponsored by Alert Today Florida near Gate 1 at TIAA Bank Field. An on-duty Zen Cog bike professional will park your bike and ensure it's secure during the game. When the game is over, return your claim ticket to pick up your bike. For cycling safety tips, visit alerttodayflorida.com. Remember, alert today, alive tomorrow, because safety doesn't happen by accident. Go Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Committed to the team, 
committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Slot right, move 42, hot, hot. A great quarterback is a true leader with a work ethic that never wavers and a desire to win that is second to none. We know a truck like that. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling truck 43 years straight. With impressive towing and payload, Ford F-150 makes tough jobs look easy. Visit your local Ford dealer for great offers on F-150, official truck of the NFL. Based on 1977 to 2019 calendar year total sales. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing health care for good. So they're going to try to scheme us. Uh, and, and do some things that are a little bit unorthodox. Uh, we seen that last year when we played them. There was a couple things down in the red zone where we go, that's not even a concept we normally see. Obviously, there's been some communication going on. So, um, it, you know, so we, we try to change some things up. You know, I think uh, tendencies are big when you go into this game, uh, when they have an idea when you're playing what and how you're playing it. And, and we got to break those tendencies, both Gus and myself. Todd Watts, Jaguars defensive coordinator today, uh, discussing uh, what tendencies you might see uh, since both defenses are pretty familiar. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. The Jags and the Chargers coming up with a 425 Eastern time kickoff Sunday at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The uh, Jaguars defense, Josh Allen back on the practice field this week in a limited capacity. He did visit with the media today about uh, 30 minutes before the show started, so that's a good sign. He was uh, held out of last week's media conference, um, so we'll see. He didn't commit to being ready to go or anything, but um, it'd be huge, obviously, to have him back and, and available for this defense, Logs. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, they, they need to find a way to, to affect the quarterback and, uh, and find a way to affect the quarterback without bringing the blitz. And the only way that you can affect the quarterback without bringing the blitz is by having your, your front four guys win. And Josh, uh, even though he needs to play better, he is the, their best guy when it comes to pass rush. And the Chargers are having a little bit of an issue with their offensive line, J.P., uh, they've had issues mm -hmm. from the very get-go. Now, the left side of the offensive line is, is pretty much where it's at with Sam Tevy and Forrest Lamp. But they've had to do a little bit of adjusting because Mike Pouncey had a hip issue, and he's been unable to play. And so they moved Feeney, the guard, over to center. And then Trey Turner, who they acquired in the Russell Okung trade, that's why Tevy's playing left tackle. Uh, Trey Turner, they got him in trade from the Carolina Panthers. He's only played one game at right guard for the Carolina Panthers. And then at right tackle, they acquired Brian Blaga in free agency, the longtime Green Bay Packer, but he's been dealing with a back injury. So for the last couple of weeks, you've had backups playing at right guard and right tackle, and you've been playing with a starting guard move to center because of Pouncey for, 
for the whole uh, entire season. So uh, they've got some issues up front, uh, but yet, uh, man, the, the young quarterback, Herbert, it just doesn't seem to phase him whatsoever. Uh, he's a good player, JP, uh, watching the film on him. Uh, he's, he's got everything. You know, when you, when you start talking about first-round caliber talent, he's got it. He's got the athleticism. He's got the arm talent, the arm strength, uh, the, the, the awareness. He is unbelievable against pressure. And, uh, I mean, he's doing a heck of a job and a good enough job to where, you know, Anthony Lynn, as much as he wanted to kind of let him sit back and learn, you know, Tyrod Taylor got that in pain-killing injection into his rib and they pop his daggum lung. And then ever since then, Herbert's been in the lineup and he hasn't given up control of it. He's been good. Yeah, it sounds like that button has been pushed, and uh, it's going to be hard to unpush that button in L.A. It seems like it's Justin Herbert's team uh, moving ahead. One final thought on Allen. How close is he to getting home on some of these pressures this year, Logs? Is he, obviously he's the closest of any of the guys up front uh, of consistently getting there, right. but how close, how far away is he from getting home? Uh, he, I... I think he just has to be more more aggressive. I think the one thing that that offensive linemen are doing with Josh is they're kind of they're playing, they're not respecting his power. So what they're doing is they're they're sitting back and Baselli and I have talked about this at length quite a few times. And that you know for an offensive lineman, if an offensive lineman fears the power and fears the strength, then he's going to play you a little bit differently. And I think tackles right now are sitting soft on Josh a little bit. And what I mean by sitting soft is that they're not worried about him, about him overpowering them. And so they're playing back a little bit on their heels a little bit more upright so that they don't get juke and they're being a little bit more patient and soft. So the counter to that, which I want to see Josh do more of, is to what I call see the red cape that the, the matador is waving. And then you just you, you take them back to the quarterback and you push them back into the quarterback's lap. And a lot of times as a, as a defensive lineman, if, if you let the tackle feel your power as a defensive lineman, whether that's defensive tackle, whether that's a defensive end, it doesn't matter, then they have a tendency to want to be a little bit more firm. And when they get a little bit more firm, then when you get on the edges and you start giving them a little bit of shake, it becomes a little bit easier to do that. Logs, we've, we've touched on Herbert, but uh, he certainly has some weapons around him, too. Keenan Allen can still bring it on the outside. They've got a tight end that can play well. The running back situation, Eckler hasn't been around uh, the last uh, couple weeks, but uh, they've got a couple of running backs filling that role in Justin Jackson and, and Joshua Kelly. How about Keenan Allen outside? What kind of matchups can we expect out there this week? Well, he, he's got every trick in the book. And, you know, three times straight pro bowler. And obviously that was with, you know, Phillip Rivers. Uh, and he did leave the, the last game Monday night against the New Orleans Saints with a little bit of back spasm. So that's something to keep an eye on with him. But, I mean, crafty, uh, smart, dependable, always working for his quarterback. I mean, that's Keenan Allen is everything you want when you're talking about the number one receiver. When I say number one receiver, I'm not talking about the guy that can take the top off the defense. But just – to provide that comfort zone for the quarterback, and, and Keenan Allen can do that. Uh, now, Mike Williams on the other side, Mike Williams is, 
the former Clemson star. He's big. He's you know six four, two hundred and twenty pounds. He can uh, high point the ball, catch the ball when it's all over the map, and he's averaging in his career over seventeen yards a catch. I mean, so you got two wide receivers there that really complement each other. And then you mentioned the tight end Hunter Henry. He's a pretty good player. You know, second round pick from a few years ago. Uh, had an ACL a couple years ago, slowed him down just a little bit, and he's still growing. Uh, obviously played behind Antonio Gates for a couple years, learned a lot from Antonio Gates. So so this offense has some weapons, and it definitely is missing arguably their best weapon because you got a, a rookie quarterback, which is Austin Eckler, who we know very well, JP. Remember last year, 100 yards receiving, yes, 100 yards yes. rushing against the Jaguars, <laughs> and not many players in NFL history had done that. So. Uh, it's hard to replace his production. Outside, who covers who, Logs, on the Jaguars' defensive perspective? Uh, that's, that's a tough one now. I mean, because, you, know, you know, your two starting corners now are Sidney Jones and, and C.J. Henderson. So, uh, Sidney Jones, good with his hands, a little physical. Um, is he a little bit taller than CJ maybe? I mean, so the fastest guy you always want to put on their fastest guy. And CJ, I think, is the fastest guy for the Jaguars. And so I think it comes down to the coaching staff. Okay, what do you want to do? Is Mike Williams considered faster than Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen is so crafty for me. Uh Boy, I mean, Sidney Jones is just playing so well. But then, then again, JP, if you put Sidney Jones on Keenan Allen, you're basically saying that Sidney is our best corner. Well, you just drafted a guy in the first round and <laughs> top 10 pick. I mean, isn't he supposed to be your best corner? So there you go. That's, the, uh, that's what's ahead of the Jaguars' defense this week. Uh, let's take a timeout, Logs. We'll come back a little more on the Jaguars' offensive side, see if James Robinson can get the running game going this week. Game day just around the corner. The uh, team uh, protecting the team starts with you. Stay home if you don't feel well. Practice social distancing. And remember, masks are required at TIAA Bank Field this season. Visit jaguars.com stadium and learn more. The bye week coming up next week and then uh, back home for a good bit after that. We're halfway home. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly, you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly. 
Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice. Equal housing opportunity. Superior Fence and Rail knows about commercial fence services. From automatic gates to security fence and railing, Superior Fence and Rail's professional team delivers with great communication, trained installers, and quality products. Trust your next commercial project with a top-rated fence company in Jacksonville. Get off the fence and call Superior Fence and Rail for your commercial project today. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Slot right, move 42, hot, hot. A great quarterback is a true leader with a work ethic that never wavers and a desire to win that is second to none. We know a truck like that. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling truck 43 years straight. With impressive towing and payload, Ford F-150 makes tough jobs look easy. Visit your local Ford dealer for great offers on F-150, official truck of the NFL. Based on 1977 to 2019 calendar year total sales. Jaguars fans, whether it's on the field or in your finances, the key to success is a solid plan. From high-yield banking to home lending, into retirement and beyond, TIAA Bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money. It's time for a plan. Start building your legacy today at TIAABank.com slash Jaguars. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, equal housing lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by Dreamfinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And Adeco. Visit adecousa.com. That's one of the biggest challenges you have as uh, as a coach, you know, offensive coach, head coach, uh, as a player. Uh, you can't let one player, one series dictate how you feel or what you're uh, thinking about going on to the next series. We always try to talk about a one-play uh, mentality. It's on to the next one, and that's very important in pro football because they have defenders that get paid. They have coaches that get paid, and they're going to make their stops here and there. It's important for us to uh, stay on track, um, focus on our job, do our job, and move Jay Gruden, Jaguars offensive coordinator, and welcome back, Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, back to the offensive side now, ahead of this matchup with the Los Angeles Chargers this Sunday at SoFi Stadium. You know, uh, one of the talking points and, and 
uh, kind of the commentary this week has been about the um, the mentality of this young Jaguars team, especially the offense, when things don't go so well and they have to play catch up. And how does a young team stay motivated and ready to go? I think that's a little bit of what Jay was was talking about there. Things don't always go well, but it's on to the next play. Is it? It, it can can it be tough for a young team to figure that out in the league that it's not always going to be seventy points a game like it sometimes is in college. Things don't go that well all the time in the NFL. Yeah, I mean it can it can be tough. I mean with a young football team, but uh, the, the reality is it's not an excuse. Uh, uh, I think you know you look at you look at the early part of that game, JP, this past week. You get a 62-play drive and you settle for a 31-yard field goal, and you had a huge explosive play on that drive. It was that long pass to Keelan Cole. You know, I mean, typically if you get an explosive play, hey, you got a real good chance of getting a touchdown. So you settle for a field goal there. And then you have uh, an interception because it was a pressure that was allowed by the linebacker, and it was a terrible throw by the quarterback that he's just throwing it up for anybody that happens to be into the area to get. And then you have a missed opportunity on a short field goal. And, uh, and then they allow a sack cause fumble recovered fumble by the Detroit Lions. I mean, so look, uh, look within. Look at your own performances. I mean, that's just, you have to have better performances. And, and I think one of the things that I think really hurt the offense in this ball game, and it shouldn't have, was that A.J. Can got a shoulder injury, and all of a sudden then he's got to come out. And then when he came out, he ended up having a young player that came into the game and Barch, who was, you know, fourth round pick out of a small uh, college in Minnesota. And, uh, and he didn't play very well. And I think, I think that was disappointing, you know, because he didn't play well in a run game. He didn't play well in the pass game. And, uh, and if you, if you watch that game from the point where, where AJ can got hurt and where he came out, then, and you looked at the offensive line, I mean, it was very apparent that Barch was struggling and that that was the weak link for the rest of the game. And then he also kind of got nicked up a little bit. I don't know exactly what he did. He's on the injury report, I think, this week. But in the game, you could see that he kind of tweaked his knee or ankle or something and was kind of walking back to the huddle limping a bit. You know, and at times he, he looked strong. But in the NFL, the one thing that's very hard to do for offensive linemen is that you got to stick on block because defensive linemen in the National Football League are really good at getting off of them. And that's the one thing that he was having a difficult time is that any kind of redirect where he had to move his feet, that's where he was struggling at. And, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens this week, JP, because I believe you said that earlier that A.J. Ken did not practice today. And Correct. if – he can't play this week, and I'm talking about A.J. Ken. Does Barch get another opportunity, or do you say, maybe we ought to let Tyler Shatley play? You know, veteran guy, maybe get a little bit more of a solid performance out of him because when he played, obviously, with Linder out a couple games with the knee, he played very well at center. Ben Barch, uh, officially a shoulder injury is what it's listed as, Logs, and he's been limited both days of practice this week. So, yeah, some question marks there. You, well, and you're game, right. You know what you, you have in Shatley. He's been here for a long time. Ankle. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, and you're right. With, with Shatley, they know exactly what they have in him. If they have to go that route, it certainly is a possibility. 
Um, but, you know, it, it's... I'm kind of surprised too, JP. The, the way, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but, you know, I'm kind of surprised in a game that, you, you know, as you're watching, as you're, as you're watching the events kind of unfold and you're seeing that you have a young player and, and he's not doing very well and you have Shatley right there, I mean, do you, do you maybe think about making that change? You know, and uh, I was kind of surprised that they didn't look at that and say, you know, hey, look, you know, the, the young man is, <laughs> he's, he's having a welcome to the NFL moment. And, uh, and look, uh, we're not about, you know, having these welcome to the NFL moments. We're about trying to win football games and to take them out and put Shatley in, but they didn't do it. The uh, Jaguars running game is we're talking about offensive line here and how much of that is the line play and how much of that is the defensive looks that maybe the Lions were giving last week and can you expect those type of looks moving ahead where they're trying to stuff the Jags running game? Well, it's an interesting question and uh, in this week on Jags Wired, I, I, I drew up a play because, you know, a lot of people, JP, when you when you refer to stack in the box or a loaded box, you know, which is a defense that's, that's designed to stop the run, a lot of people are like, what are, you, what are you talking about? This is just too advanced football talk for me. So we, I drew it up and I showed people, okay, if the Jaguars are in base personnel, and I, and I was drawing up a very specific play, and that the Detroit Lions, they came out and they had eight guys in the, block, in the box, which is the box areas, probably got to start at the, the basics. The, the box area is kind of where the linebackers and, de and defensive linemen are. And then if a safety kind of creeps down to, you know, within six yards of the line of scrimmage around the tight end area, that's also considered in the box. And, and the Detroit Lions always played with a fortified block box. So if, if the Jaguars had seven blockers, so you're five offensive linemen and maybe two tight ends, then the Detroit Lions would put eight in the box. So that's where they're out, you're outnumbering your opponent in the box and you're making sure that you're getting extra players in there that can't be blocked to stop the run. Well, in this case, the play I drew, it was a eight in the box and that was against seven blockers that the Jaguars had. But then they buzzed the deep mm -hmm. middle safety down almost immediately, a very fast read to where he became a ninth guy in the box. So now you have two defenders that are in the box that Jaguars offensively, you can't block. You don't have enough men to do it. And that's what the Detroit Lions did. And, and when you're doing that, you're daring the offense to throw the football. And so when you do throw the football, you got to make them pay. Because if you make them pay, guess what? They're not going to play eight up in that box. And then they're also going to think twice about having that deep middle safety insert himself up in there at the snap of the ball to be that ninth guy. Uh, but you got to make them pay. Uh, because if you don't make them pay, they're just going to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And one of the things I think that's, that the Detroit Lions also did is that they run blitz. And when mm -hmm. I say run blitz, okay, they're bringing a guy off the corner in a, in a fortified box, but he's not just playing up in there like a linebacker and reading. He is blitzing. He's coming run, pass, it doesn't matter. And, and I think that they had that attitude because there's a little bit of a trend with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. When he gets blitzed with six or seven guys, his quarterback rating is very low. I mean, like 100 points below the average in the, in the National Football League. And so the Detroit Lions oh, yeah. did some of that, where they're bringing, you know, that cover zero, 
which means no free safety back, and they're bringing extra guys up and blitzing them, sending them, and they're also they're there to stop the run, and they're also there to put pressure on the quarterback. And the Jaguars just didn't have an answer. And again, JP, the answer to that is to hit him with a pass, hit him deep, and all of a sudden that safety's not there, and then all of a sudden it's a huge play or a touchdown, and the Jaguars just couldn't make anything happen of that nature. Yeah, when the, when the pressure comes, quarterback has to get it out quicker, obviously, and then when getting it out quicker, those throws have to be on target, and they were just a, a touch off, certainly, last week. DJ Chark, you heard his frustration after the game that, you know, maybe they, they were open some. They are always open, according to the wide receivers, but the, the, the timing was just a little bit off, and, and they just haven't had that a lot of this year. No, and, and, uh, and, and JP, you know, I understand the wide receiver's frustration. I mean, Keenan McCardo, who's their coach, I mean, when he played, he was always open. <laughs> so always. so yeah. I totally get what they're being taught. And, and, but, you know, when you watch the film, yes, there were moments that they were open. And, uh, and you know, the one play that kind of sticks out in my mind, it, it's the, the Minshew scramble, you know, and you score a touchdown and you, and you throw the ball up against the, the end zone wall. And then you give it a fist pump, you know, because you're down by 21. Well, okay. Well, now we're down by 15. We still got a long ways to go. You might want to just kind of tone it down a little bit because you still got a ways to go and you haven't been playing very well. And on that play, you've got a, a wide open LaVisca Chenault. I mean, I'm talking nobody within 10 yards. If you just stay in the pocket and you just go through a, a progression, it's, it's in like JP, JP. You could have thrown it for a touchdown. <laughs> That's how open it was. And I can't feel my fingers when I throw, so uh, we got, I got that going for me. Uh, let's come back in a moment, and we'll get into some games around the NFL this week and Thursday night football tonight and some thoughts about SoFi Stadium, all that coming up. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly, you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest-growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI Companies. Why live with foot or ankle pain? If you have persistent pain, numbness, tingling, burning pain on the bottom of your foot, or swelling that doesn't improve with home treatment, it may be time to see Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute. Our foot and ankle specialists have innovative new options to help you get back in the swing of things without persistent pain that slows you down. Call JOI 2000 or go to joionline.net for an appointment. Superior Fence and Rail knows about commercial fence services. From automatic gates to security fence and railing, 
Superior Fence and Rail's professional team delivers with great communication, trained installers, and quality products. Trust your next commercial project with a top-rated fence company in Jacksonville. Get off the fence and call Superior Fence and Rail for your commercial project today. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity at tropical smoothie cafe one taste and you're hitting refresh now palm trees swaying now letting loose now busting a move now cranking up the beats now hands in the air now feeling free now you're on tropic time now and right now at tropical smoothie cafe try our watermelon mojito and guava margarita smoothies and you're tasting fruity now sipping sunshine now toasting summer now you're on tropic time now at tropical smoothie cafe Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman coming up in about 15 minutes. The Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. The head coach will join us from his office at TIAA Bank Field. A little bit of a strange week, Logs, because the Jaguars had intensive protocols continuing after the COVID-19 positive test late last week on the practice squad and a bunch of other practice squad players were put on the COVID-19 list because of uh, tracing reasons, and those guys were returned, most of them were returned to the practice squad officially today. So uh, virtual meetings, we'll ask Doug about this at 5 o'clock, how different the week was, but it is not, it was not, and has not been uh, a regular practice week this week. They had to have some changes, and we'll see how this team adjusts and, and as Doug Marone said earlier this week logs that maybe they needed a little shake up anyway they're going to use this and embrace this change that the league made them do yeah i i don't know how much i mean this is really going to impact you because here's the reality jp you can probably shorten practice up a little bit because you don't have practice squad guys that are available but yet you can probably have a few more offense versus defense drills because your defense is very similar to the defense that you're going to face. And so, uh, so that can kind of be condensed a little bit right there. But, you know, look, uh, in this COVID world, I mean, there's nothing that uh, is going to be normal. And if you compared what the Jaguars are having to deal with this week with the guys on practice squad not eligible to be back in the building until today, very minor if you compare that to what, for example, the Raiders are dealing with, which they have an entire yeah. offensive line because one of them tested positive. So the entire offensive line is not available to practice and they're going to be learning from a distance and doing it virtually. I mean, what's, what's worse? I mean, would you rather have your entire offensive line that's going to be starting for you on Sunday, not available to practice all week because of contact tracing or 
suspected contact tracer because that's a little questionable with the Vegas Raiders anyway. Or would you rather have, you know, your practice squad guys miss a couple of days during the week? I'll t I'll take the practice squad problem, you know. And uh, you know, the other thing that was kind of interesting to me, JP, as, as it relates to practice squad, is yep. that the Jaguars weren't able to keep Jabal Sheard in the mix. You know, I That's thought right. he played pretty well last week with his first game action, and he was a former Patriot Brown uh, Colt. I think all three teams, and most recently with the Colts, I thought he was Jaguars' best rush guy that in in this past game, and I mean. Kind of surprised that you let him go, I mean, because he's here, right? And so if the Giants are calling him up saying, hey, hey, Jabal, uh, we'd like to sign you the active roster, I'm sure Jabal would have, would have been like, you know, well, look, I don't want to get on a plane to go to New York. Uh, hey, Jaguars, can can I get moved up to the active roster? No? Okay, well, i got to go to New York. You know, so kind of surprised that he wasn't moved up because, you know, the practice squad guys are allowed to be elevated twice. And then after that, you have to sign them to the active roster. So you could have gotten them up one more time for free off of the practice squad. But as soon as somebody comes a calling to sign him on their active roster, you got to make a decision and they chose not to sign him. Uh, a little surprised at that. Yeah, Doug Marone this week uh, said that, you know, with Josh Allen coming back most likely this week and, uh, Chazon needing those reps at defensive end that the, the reps just weren't going to be available for Sheard moving ahead. So a business decision. He had to move forward and, and move on, and, and that's what he did. He's on to the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I, I still, uh, so, reps, I mean, look, uh, this is about performance. And Jabal Sheard performed. He would have had a sack, but that was negated from a penalty. And he had a pass defense that led to the Joe Schobert interception, Joe Schobert's first takeaway as a Jaguar. So uh, I don't know, JP. I mean, I, I like to have players that play pretty good. And when one of them plays pretty well in a game, uh, I don't want to let them go. Now, one name to keep an eye on the next couple of weeks is Aaron Lynch. He unretired this week, but he won't be available for this week's game. I think he's allowed to be in the building okay, maybe now, JP, if he gets through you, the COVID-19 testing on Monday. All, that, all right, when, when you say all that, because you know what, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are the exact same boat as me and are going, JP, who's Aaron Lynch? I mean, what has he done? For the Jaguars, um, do, am I supposed to? Is he a baseball player? I mean, well, I mean seriously. I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny here because you know a lot of people don't have they don't have any idea who Aaron Lynch is. You know, he's never played for the Jaguars. He's never done anything for the Jaguars. Tell us about it. What has he done? Why? I mean, why would that so, be possible good news? So Lynch, who was here at the very start of training camp, decided to call it a career and retire early, very early in camp, and then has come out of retirement. Uh, he has about 20 sacks in his career in the National Football League. He was with the Bears the last couple of years. So he's been around for a few seasons in the NFL. But, you know, as of right now, whenever he's back on the active roster, he will have the most sacks uh, of any active player on this roster right now in his career. So uh, for a team that needs some yeah, pass rush, can much. he bring it? I don't know. We'll see. That's right. You just don't know until you go out and do it. So that's, that's his history here. As you said, there's not one. He hasn't been here long, uh, but it's a notable name, at least in the next couple of weeks, whenever the Jags come back out of the bye.
Yeah, I mean, because it's just like, you know, and it's, it's news, but, I mean, is it really news? You know, and here's a guy that, that decided he didn't want to play football anymore, and then all of a sudden you get into the month of, the latter part of the month of October, and he's going, well, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute, JP, where, where did my paychecks go? <laughs> where's, where's my wallet? <laughs> um, hey, you know, and oh, oh, yeah, I need to play. Need to play to get paychecks. And so you come back. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, you kind of wonder, I mean, is the guy, is the guy motivated because he loves the game? I mean, I, I don't know his circumstances. And I'm not trying to make fun of him. I mean, maybe he had a family issue, whatever. Uh, but um, my point of this is, is that, you know, you, you, he's unretiring. Okay. Is he going to be able to help the Jaguars? Maybe. I don't know. Has he been eating Cheetos and watching cartoons for three months? We don't know that. <laughs> but I mean, what I do know is that a guy that, the, that played for the Jaguars this past weekend and Jabal Sheard is now going to go play with the Giants. I mean, it's just, it's just I'm like, what? Yeah, anyway. Yeah. That's the lay of the land these days. So this is also a strange one, too. I mean, the, the first trip for the Jaguars to the new stadium in L.A., and we won't be there to see it. Everybody's calling the game here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, all the excitement of going to see the brand-new $5 billion stadium in L.A., the team will get to go. But uh, it's a little bit of a bummer not to be able to go out and check that stadium out. JP, that's the most expensive TV set in history. <laughs> Right? I mean, that's what's what it is. Right? You're right. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no fans. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you happen to watch Hard Knocks. I watched Hard Knocks all the way through. And, and so they were showing the stadium, you know, because the Hard Knocks, they followed both the Rams and the Chargers in L.A. in training camp. And so obviously both teams playing at this new stadium that's just amazing. I would love to see it, by the way. And uh, it was arguably the only stadium in, in the NFL that can compete with the grandeur of, of Jerry Jones's Cowboy Wonderland that he has at Tex Texas, or not Texas Stadium, but at Cowboy Stadium. So uh, pretty amazing job in, in L.A. And, uh, and can you imagine, I mean, you, you spend all that money because a lot of that money and most of, if not all of that money, was essentially paid for by the owner, Cronky, of the Rams. And now you can't even get anybody in that building to help pay for it. I mean, that's got to be a tough one. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, let's touch on some other key league games this week, Logs. A few games stand out, including one of the members of the AFC South, the division-leading Tennessee Titans, hosts the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both teams Five and zero, oh, and this should be a really good matchup on Sunday. Great matchup. I mean, you, you talk about two physical teams. Derrick Henry coming off a game that he just was a monster, uh, absolute beast. Yes, he took was. control of that game last week. Pittsburgh Steelers uh, absolutely trounced the Browns when the Browns were feeling really good about themselves. I think it's a great matchup. I think it's the matchup of the week. Some other games have been shifted around now, even after we came on the air today. The Seahawks at Cardinals game, good matchup there, has now moved to Sunday night at 8.20. And the Sunday night game that was Bucks raiders 
has been moved to Sunday at 4.05. I guess NBC doesn't want to lose a Sunday night game if the Raiders aren't able to go for some reason with all those offensive linemen yeah, exactly. away from the team right now. But Seahawks-Cardinals, good game. Seahawks-Cardinals. Uh, you're, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to watch that game. For one, that Russell Wilson is, is you know, is an MVP candidate and he's playing unbelievable. Yes. And, and, he, and the Seahawks have one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. You know, in Jacksonville here, we're like, oh, the Jaguars have given up all these yards and they're giving up all these points. Well, folks in Seattle, they're playing even worse defense, arguably. And Russell Wilson has been able to overcome that because of the, his play and the play of the offense. So I'm excited to watch him. I'm also excited to be able to watch Kyler Murray and what the Arizona Cardinals have become because, you know, for a long time, they kind of were the doorstep of many teams and, and certainly in their division. And all of a sudden now they're competitive. And Kyler Murray is uh, many selections on fantasy football day because he's an exciting quarterback, not only with his arm, but also his feet. And, uh, and they've got a pretty good football team. They're playing pretty good ball. All right, we've got uh, some news that just came down from the PR department for the Jaguars, by the way, Logs here, so let's get to it. The Jags have promoted undrafted rookie tight end Ben Ellison from the practice squad to the active roster, and they've activated kicker Josh Lambeau from the reserve injured designated for return list, so that's good news. Uh, to make room on the roster, though, the Jaguars placed Avery Jones on the reserve injured list and released kicker John Brown. The uh, club also released Josh Morrow from the exempt commissioner permission list. But Avery Jones now on the reserve injured list for the Jaguars logs. Yeah, that hurt, you know. Uh, well, I mean, a couple things there. I mean, first off, uh, it hurts to have Avery go on an IR. I mean, he can be available back. He's a captain. And uh, Devon Hamilton, the Jaguars' third-round pick defensive tackle, hasn't played to the level that Avery Jones has, so you, you, you have a loss there. And it's good news. You got Josh Lambeau back. I mean, if you're letting go of John Brown, then you feel really good about where Josh Lambeau is at in a short, short amount of time, so you feel good about his ability to kick this week. So uh, that's all positive. So, So, all right, uh, and also the Ellison news elevated from the uh, practice squad, the, the rookie tight end. Uh, it means you know, Eifert's been on the, the injury report this week, so uh, don't want to read too deep, but that's, that's what we're reading into it. Well, yeah, I mean, look, Tyler Eifert had the neck last week, and then he had the neck again this week, and he wasn't, I don't think he finished the game, if I remember right, or at least it was that he came out for a period of time, one or the other. And, you know, you go back to mm -hmm. weeks one and week two when Ellison was activated off of the practice squad to the active roster. And so that was the only free, free, I use the term free because you can bring them up off of the practice squad to the active roster twice. And then that's it. Then after that, if you want to bring them back to the active roster, you have to actually sign them to your active roster. So Ellison, it was a matter of, okay, uh, we like him. He's done a good job. And if we now we, we want to bring him back, but now we've we got to sign him all the way back to the active roster to be able to have him available. So, uh, and look, uh, I thought during training camp that, that Elson didn't do as good of a job as Tyler Davis. You know, Tyler Davis has kind of been a, a non-factor at the tight end position. And so I think Elson has 
been better than him. And certainly if you have an injury with Tyler Eifert, then uh, you're going to need Ellison for sure. All right, Logs, uh, that'll do it for Jaguars Happy Hour. But coming up next on the Jaguars Radio Network, the Doug Marone Show. The head coach is standing by for Jeff Logaman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.